Class is in session. You're listening to Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshake. Let's go! Now, let's start the show. Hey, what's up, podcast listeners? Thank you so much for checking out today's show. This is episode 122 of the Squat University podcast. The goal with each and every one of these shows is to bring you as much value-packed content to help you move better in the gym and in life, decrease your body's aches and pains, and help you reach your true athletic potential. Today's podcast is sponsored by Barefoot Athletics. Here's the deal. If you want to lift big weights with great technique, you need the right shoe. And for those of you out there that like to lift in a flat sole shoe like a Chuck Taylor, you need to check out the Ursa shoe by Barefoot Athletics. They have a super wide toe box that allows you to naturally splay your toes out and use your foot like it was designed. No more cramming your foot into a narrow toe box and smashing your foot into an unnatural position. If you want to enhance your foot stability, your technique control, and eventually your performance, you need to check out this shoe. I've been lifting in them with any of my non-Olympic lifts for almost a year and a half now, and I absolutely love them. They're extremely comfortable, and they're not going to break your bank like other lifting shoes out there. So if you go on barefootathletics.com, and that's B-E-A-R like the animal, and use the code SQUATU, you can get 10% off your order. That's for everything on their website, including the correct toe toe spacers that I also wear every day, and you can learn more about on my prior podcast, Why Your Shoes Suck with Dr. Ray McClanahan. So with that being said, let's get to today's episode. What I wanted to do is basically just sit down, have a quick conversation with you guys about the role of orthotics with people dealing with foot pain, uh, whether or not you have flat feet and should wear them, and whether or not you should wear them with lifting. Uh, I guess we'll call this just a quick tips episode. It's not going to be a very long one like the normal discussions that I'll have interviewing someone else, but I think I want to try to just have a quick conversation and pack as much content into this as possible. For those of you guys who use orthotics or think about using them, I can't tell you the amount of times I've had people comment on different Instagram posts or YouTube posts and ask about what to do if they have flat feet, whether that's a mobility drill, um, a stability, maybe recommendation that I give them about you know using the tripod foot when you're squatting or deadlifting, and they'll say, well, what about if you have flat feet? And I know a lot of these people that have flat feet are also given recommendations from either people in the medical community, PTs, rehab, uh, chiros, maybe athletic trainers. Oftentimes, you will see people give recommendations to wear orthotics. So I want to do a deep dive into this today. So first, let's discuss the idea behind orthotics for those who have foot pain. Because we see commercials every single day from different companies like Dr. Scholl's and such that say, you know, if your feet hurt, support them with X orthotic or insole. So let's dive into that. It's very common within the medical community to recommend an orthotic for those dealing with foot pain under the assumption that they need to support the foot. But unfortunately, this approach does not necessarily address the root cause of a lot of foot issues. More often than not, as I've talked about on other prior podcasts, especially those with Dr. Ray McClanahan, which you guys need to go listen to, it's often the type of shoes you're wearing. But for a moment, let's just dissect and discuss the idea behind arch support, because that's often the the problem, the common problem we see. There's a lot of misconceptions that stem from our poor understanding of how an arch truly functions. Now, ask yourself this question right now. What is the weakest point of a bridge? We're going to have a little architectural discussion right now. The answer really depends on the 
architecture or design of that bridge. Here's an example. If the bridge you envisioned was an elevated flat road between two pieces of land, the middle portion that is unsupported would be the weakest. An arched bridge, on the other hand, uses a curved structure to distribute the weight from the center outwards toward either end. So rather than have a single weak point, the entire structure works together to hold itself up. For this reason, the arch bridge is far stronger than the traditional straight or beam bridge, and this is why your feet are designed with an arch of their own. This ingenious design allows our body to efficiently support a ton of load, whether we're carrying a backpack to school, pushing a sled, or trying to squat 800 pounds. You see, an engineer will tell you that the strength of an arch depends on the support structures on either end of the curve. So if you want an arch to remain in place structurally, so obviously let's think about all the different arches that we see around the world. Uh, we've got just maybe a, a bridge within your community. We maybe have the historical Roman aqueducts, or I'm from St. Louis, we have the St. Louis Gateway Arch. You focus on the ends. Supporting the ends creates more structural rigidity for the arch itself. Simple physics, right? If we apply the same logic to our feet then, it would make sense to support the ends of our arch, the heel and the forefoot joints, in order to strengthen and enhance the foot's capacity, the arch function. However, this is not at all what traditional orthotics are designed to do. Rather, they attempt to prop up our arch by lifting from the middle. Now, this isn't to say that current arch supports like, you know, the ones that you'll see at a drugstore like Dr. Scholl's and whatnot. This isn't to say they're not helpful at all. There are some that will get a small amount of pain relief from their use. However, we must understand that arch supports should usually only be a temporary intervention for those who have foot pain. Think about it like this. You wouldn't wear a cast for a broken bone in your hand forever. Of course not. After a short time of wearing it, the muscles of your arm and your hand would begin to atrophy. They'd get smaller. The same goes for how orthotics affect your foot. Long-term use of a support does nothing to treat the cause of many of the foot issues. In doing so, wearing it too often, too long, will only lead the muscles of your foot to atrophy and lose strength over time. There's actual research recently to support this that those who wear orthotics for a long time actually have smaller muscles within their feet compared to those who do not wear orthotics. If traditional arch supports are not a real solution then for most foot issues, let's talk about what is. You see, the idea of reinforcing the ends of the arch to increase its overall strength is based on the assumption that the ends of the curb are on even terrain. However, most current footwear does not hold the foot in this manner. The heel and the toes are often both elevated from the ground. If you guys um, recently listened to my podcast, three different uh, parts of the shoe that we need to be aware of, we have the heel and we have toe spring. Well, in most shoes, and this is just modern footwear, okay, I'm talking about Nikes, Adidas, I'm not talking about weightlifting shoes, obviously those have a heel for a reason, but most of the shoes that we wear throughout the day, Nikes, Adidas, Reebok, things like that, they often have the heel elevated 
a small amount, and then they have toe spring. So it's actually holding your foot in a very awkward position from how you would generally stand with more of a natural or barefoot style shoe. Therefore, the only way to establish true arch support is to really ditch a lot of these shoes and return to foot to its natural position with the heels and toes completely flat on the ground. This means wearing a shoe that has a zero heel toe drop. In doing so, the heel and ball of the foot along with the toes will be in a position to provide authentic support for the arch as they were designed. So what I mean by that is that a large number of people who have foot pain and their doctors telling them, well, you need to wear an arch support to help support your foot. While that can help in the short term, maybe take a little bit of pain away, it's not a long-term solution. And actually getting out of your Nike Air Maxes that have around a 12 millimeter heel toe drop and you know uh, maybe a running shoe like an ASIC that has a, a lot of toe spring. Getting out of those shoes, using a shoe that allows your foot to stay completely flat, and obviously there's a transition period to do that, is going to allow you to actually build up your arch. You're going to use your arch like it was designed. Again, this is simple physics. We're talking about if you want to support your arch, what do you do? Are you going to prop it up in the middle, or are you actually going to understand how an arch functions, and we're going to support the base on either ends, the heel and where the arch connects with the ball of your foot. And the only way to do so is to allow it to position itself well, and you have to have more of a natural style shoe. Now, some of you may be listening to this and saying, well, my doctor said I need orthotics because my arch is way too high or too low, because both of those are common issues. Well, there are a very small percentage of people who have foot anatomy that do require orthotics. Arch height, or lack thereof, is not a determining factor, however, in foot health for a large majority of people. It's all about how the arch functions, not its appearance. This is a big thing that I think a lot of people struggle to understand. So common problem number one is low arches. Having low arches does not automatically lead to foot problems. Having low arches that are weak, however, can. Therefore, many people who believe they have flat feet generally just have very mobile and weak feet. On the other opposite end of the spectrum, we have those who are having high arches. High arches does not automatically lead to foot problems either. Having high arches that are very stiff, however, can. You see, those with high arches generally tend to have more rigid feet, stiff and rigid feet, and would therefore benefit from being barefoot more often to allow their feet to move and function as they were designed. You have to understand that for most of human history, we survived just fine without shoes or with shoes that were, you know, shaped like feet, more like moccasins. They didn't have any support for the arches. This is why those who live in cultures around the world today who do not regularly wear shoes um, actually have significantly healthier feet than those of us who, who live in industrialized countries that constantly wear modern footwear. And this is not just a, an opinion. This is something that you can find in many, many research articles that date all the way back to the later 1800s and all the way up to today where they have actually gone to cultures around the world that do not wear, habitually wear Nikes. They're not wearing Reeboks. They're not wearing Adidas, Asics, Brooks, all these different shoes. And when you look at the incidence 
of foot problems. I'm not talking just foot pain like plantar fasciitis, more neuroma. I'm also talking about like foot deformities that happen in our cultures like uh, hammer toes or bunions, things like that. You see very, very, very significant low incidence of this. It's because of how the shoes hurt the feet over time. Maintaining a healthy and pain-free foot is in large part determined by how your arches function and move, not in how they look. While orthotics can help a small minority of people, and there are those out there, okay? There are a few people, I do see them from time to time, that literally just the anatomy of their foot requires them to have an orthotic. But the, the percentage of these people are very, very small. I would say the overwhelming majority of us out there do not need them. Most people are better off addressing the root cause of foot issues rather than stuffing an orthotic into their shoe and hoping for the best. Now, for most of you listening to this, I would highly suggest taking a different approach to orthotics. You see, after modifying your footwear, which again, we've talked about is sort of the main cause of a lot of foot issues, I highly recommend using a toe spacer. This is also called a toe wedge or a bunion splint or a foot toe orthotic within the research. Um, the, there's many, many options available nowadays. The ones that I wear and the ones that I've talked about on this podcast a number of times is the one that was developed by Dr. Ray McClanahan called Correct Toes. And I actually wear these every single day. The idea behind that is that it uh, spreads your toes out and is designed to be worn while weight-bearing, whether you're walking, running, squatting, uh, which is a little bit different than the other ones or ones that people will wear when they're resting. I hear some people, they say, well, I, I got a pair of toe spacers like you recommend, and I wear them at night. That's not the way you're actually going to make a significant change to your foot. A toe spacer orthotic, like the correct toes, is designed to be worn while you're moving. That's where really the magic of how they work happens. You see, the toe spacer is still an orthotic. It's just a different type of orthotic than we classically think about. It's not a arch support orthotic. It's a toe spacer orthotic. It helps realign the foot back to its natural position, the way the foot was designed when you were a baby and the toes were the widest part in the entire foot complex. Think of these spacers like braces that most wear in their teeth, but for your toes. They basically teach your body how to adapt to a different position, a more optimal orientation. This kind of orthotic, therefore, is not designed to support the foot, but rather allow the muscles, tendons, and bones of your foot to function in a more optimal, a more holistic manner. Wearing the toe spacers while you move throughout the day allows you to enhance your capacity of your foot muscles with minimal need for any isolated strength work. In fact, there's some research that shows that um, wearing correct toes can actually be helpful at improving your balance in as little as four weeks. There was a research article, I believe it was a couple of years ago, and what they did was they took um, three groups of people. They had a control group that just wore their regular shoes, the regular tennis shoes, whatever running shoes they had, throughout a couple of weeks, four weeks, I think was the duration of study, four or six weeks. They had a second group that wore um, a pair of wide toe box shoes. I'm not 100% sure, don't quote me on this. I believe they were Vivos. But either way, they were a wide toe box shoe. A lot of the foot to actually naturally splay out at the toes. And then there was the third group that wore the same wide toe box shoes, but also wore the correct toes. 
So it's the idea that it was giving them just a little bit more assistance in teaching their foot to be in a more optimal position. Again, the wider your toes are, especially your big toe, the more stability your foot can have. So they had them wear that throughout the day, you know, as they were up and moving, exercising, but not necessarily doing any balance-specific exercises. They just had them wear it throughout the day. And this was, I think, four to six weeks. And then afterwards, they retested their balance. And I believe they used like a wide balance test, or I cannot remember the exact details, but they tested their balance. And they found that the group that was wearing the correct toes and the wide toe box weightlifting shoes, or wide toe box shoes, they had significantly better balance than the other two groups. And here's the interesting thing, is that when they were testing them again, they weren't wearing the correct toes. So what that means is that actually teaching your body how to have a better position throughout your day, wearing these correct toes to spread your toes back out, teach your body sort of like, again, like braces to function within this certain more optimal position, actually taught the body how to have better stability, better balance, so that when the correct toes were taken off, it's still stuck. The body still understood how to maintain that balance. And that is really, really unique. Um, and this is a reason why I have worn correct toes, gosh, since 2019. I know many people out there are probably in a similar boat as me. Um, you have always played sports and just been frustrated with the type of footwear that you've had. I played baseball my entire life. I played soccer up through the end of middle school and then played football. You know, those cleats are extremely narrow. Um, and then I got into weightlifting and started competing in weightlifting in 2005. And anyone out there that has put on a pair of weightlifting shoes knows they are still very narrow. And I don't care if you wear Nikes or Adidas or, you know, even maybe some of the new legacy lifters, those are the current pair that I'm wearing, or Antas, they're all way too narrow. And if you don't believe me, take the shoe liner out of your shoe and stand on it. You'll see the position of your toes. But because those toes are all smashed together, you know, your body adapts to that position. And for me, I developed bunions on, on both my toes. And I know so many of you out there are in a very similar position. This is why Dr. Ray McClanahan mentioned in our prior podcast that he believes close to 90% of people are wearing shoes that are way too narrow at the toes. Now, being an Olympic weightlifter since 2005, and even though I stopped competing in 2016, I still train like an Olympic weightlifter. You know, I, we've had Chad on the, on the podcast before. Chad Vaughn is my coach, and we still you know, write up plans where I'm training four to five days a week just as a regular weightlifter. So I'm in my weightlifting shoes very often. So the reason I'm wearing correct toes is because I'm trying to undo what my weightlifting shoes do to me right now, which is smash my toes into an unnatural position. So throughout my day, I'm obviously wearing better shoes like, you know, Vivos, Zeros, um, Barefoot Athletic, the Ursus that I mentioned at the start of this podcast. I love those. Uh, field grounds, you know, while I'm in a wider toe box shoe throughout the rest of the day, and I'm wearing the correct toes because I have to continuously, you know, undo what my narrow toe box weightlifting shoes do to me. Now, eventually, one day, when all that changes, maybe I won't have to wear the correct toes as much. Uh, you know, if a wide toe box shoe actually comes out for weightlifting, because then I won't have that constant pressure deforming my foot and smashing the toes into, uh, into each other. But until that day, obviously, that's a conversation for another time. But that is 
basically summing up everything within today's podcast. Again, quick tips. We're trying to understand orthotics, and we're trying to understand what they are trying to do. And the large majority of orthotics that are on the market today, those that are recommended for medical practitioners, rehab practitioners, whether it's a chiro, physical therapist, athletic trainer, they are designed to support the arch. Now, again, like I mentioned, there are very few, but are some people that do need some arch support, either short-term because they are in a lot of pain, and it does provide them some relief. There's no denying that. There are a few people, again, a very, very, very small percentage that just anatomically their body was designed to be so flat that they do need a little bit of support, especially when they're lifting, to sort of pull their foot into a better position. However, that being said, the far majority of people should not be wearing, especially for a long-term solution, arch support within their shoes. And it really all comes down to a simple physics lesson. So I hope you feel like you literally went to Squat University today. We had Physics 101. We learned about, you know, if you actually understand the architecture behind an arch, you actually look at orthotics, arch support specifically, in a completely different light because it just doesn't make sense. If you want to support an arch structure, you support the ends. You don't prop it up in the middle. That's if the arch, the gateway arch of the Roman aqueducts were falling apart, you would support them from the sides. You wouldn't prop them up right in the middle. Obviously, it'd be a little tough for the St. Louis gateway arch. It's a little tall. But you get the point, is that if you want to support an arch, you support the sides, which first and foremost means if we're talking about something you put within the shoe, you need to change your shoe. So that's why a lot of times people give these arch supports and they think they're working, is because we have, before our understanding of an arch, we have a completely misunderstood uh, comprehension of what a shoe should or should not look like because of the way these companies, Nike, Adidas, Reebok, they have made fashion forward shoes for so long, we just take it for granted. You know, how is a Nike shoe that's made by this billion, billion dollar company and they put all this money behind research and design, how is that a bad shoe for you? Well, actually, when you look at it, it's a shoe designed for fashion and not for actually allowing your foot to function as it should be designed. So we want to long-term ditch a lot of the arch supports, but still think there are some helpful orthotics things, especially for a lot of us who have issues with their foot being deformed over time due to narrow shoes. A toe spacer like the correct toes can be great. I'm telling you, the reason I use correct toes every single day is because of my narrow shoes, and I have found a great change in my foot structure because of it. My foot feels stronger. And here's a great thing also that <clears throat> I didn't bring up earlier. A lot of people who struggle with ankle mobility don't look at their feet, and they should. And here's the interesting thing. A mobile structure, like the ankle, will often lose its mobility quality. It will become stiff and immobile in the presence of instability elsewhere. Now, what would that be? The foot structure. The foot is a naturally very mobile complex talked about it many times on the podcast, but when we're moving, when we're weight-bearing, whether we're walking, taking a step up and down stairs, squatting, whenever we're moving, that entire complex needs to become stable in order to support the rest of the body. It's the base of our foundation. It's the base of our pyramid. Well, if our foot is not stable, something up the rest of the body is going to compensate. And oftentimes, I find people who 
stretch and they mobilize and they roll and they're just trying to get more mo more mobility at the ankle and they're so frustrated with it, they don't ever look at their feet. Look at your feet. Understand that the better stability you get at your feet, the more the rest of your body will work more optimally. So I have a friend, Ed, who you guys have seen on my YouTube channel sometimes. Uh, usually it's me making a little bit of fun of Ed's mobility and not being able to get, to get into a deep squat, but it's all in good fun. But I have uh, had Ed come over many times and he got recently a pair of toe spacers. And one of the things he noticed was when he was doing a deep squat, he's like, I don't feel that pinch or block sensation in my ankle. You see, Ed had been dealing with an ankle mobility restriction. He'd been doing the classic, you know, tibial rotation drills and ankle mobility drills. And he had always had this sort of block sensation. And it wasn't until he allowed his toes to sort of spread out and be in a more optimal position, aka allow your foot to become more stable. All of a sudden, he could do different movements like a squat, single leg squat, and actually feel like he was moving a little bit more free. So... If you are having issues in ankle mobility, you're frustrated with it, look at your foot. Understand how orthotics, at least one kind of orthotic, can actually be an aid in this. So that is enough for today's quick tip. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. Again, thank you so much for listening. For those of you out there that want to support the show and all the content I make for Squat University, head on over to patreon.com slash squatuniversity. You see, guys, while my day job as a doctor of physical therapy does help support some of the operational cost of creating content for Squat U, I would love to continue growing the brand so I can make better and better content for you guys. And this is why I created a Patreon page that has different opportunities for you to support Squat U and even have some access to live Q&A meetings with me once a month. Um, but you know what? If you don't have any extra funds laying around right now, really do not worry about it. All my content will continue to remain free for you guys to help decrease pain, move better, and optimize your performance in the gym. But if you would like to support my show, you can do so for as little as $1 a month. Just head on over to patreon.com slash university. Again, thank you guys so much for checking out the show. It really means so much to me. Until next time, guys, happy squatting. That's it for today, class, on Squat University by Dr. Aaron Horshig. For more exclusive content, log on to squatuniversity.com.